Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Tuesday July the 12th, 2022. Praise be to God. Good morning. Here's a question for you. Has the church gone mad? Hmm. We're going to speak with our friend from Ireland, Robert Nugent, and his uh, YouTube channel, Decree Be Determined to be Catholic, asked some very powerful questions, I would say, in his eighth trip to Santiago and the Compostelo there. So we're going to be talking with Robert at uh, 35 past the hour. Coming up at 15 past the hour, Maya Abraham from Great Life Teens is going to be on the show to talk about uh, sort of the the impact post row. But also, um, you know, she was interning at Concerned Women for America. They were attacked. Uh, Catholic Church recently in Maryland was attacked. And we're going to talk about the great reset of the pro-life community, the pro-life movement, what that means with Myra, Maya Abraham coming up at 15 past the hour. At the top of the next hour, for those of you that can join us, Brent Haynes is going to be back on the show to talk about the, uh, the very good things that are happening with legislation and more going into effect all across our country when it comes to the pro-life cause. So it's going to be a great day. Hopefully you can join us for all or most of that. Hey, did you hear about that far-left radical group called Shutdown DC? They've been putting out bounties for those that would uh, dime out, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, give information for the location whereabouts of Supreme Court justices. Fifty bucks, 200 if you can get it down to within 30 minutes of their actual location. And that is a very concerning story. We may get Brent Haynes to talk about that next hour. Rumors began to swirl last night that Benedict XVI had died, but it was all a hoax by an Italian journalist. Tommaso Debenetti, uh, I think is his name, was spreading the lies and the rumors there across the Twitterverse. Uh, Twitter stock, speaking of which, plummets 10% now that Elon is backing out of the deal. And a new poll found 64% of Democrat voters also do not like President Joe Biden. So, and they don't want him back. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, by the way, did I mention the World Economic Forum wants gas prices to go even higher, Rudy Carlos? Oh, I'm sure they want a lot of different things. They but, say it's to uh, protect we'll democracy. Oh, so, oh, well, in that case, yeah, raise it higher. To protect. I love democracy. We don't have a democracy, but we guess we should protect it anyway. For the people, by the people, but the people are... Uh, paying higher gas prices. Uh, I don't know about these people. <laughs> I'm not sure about them sometimes. It's going to be a great <laughs> show today, no matter what happens. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is, despite the fact that uh, we have Italian journalists making things up again. Uh, we It is still good to be here. Praise In be to God. In spite of it all. In spite of it all. You know, people were freaking out. Benedict died. Oh, no. Yeah. I was like, guys, deep breath. You'd, you'd, Let's you'd just know take a it. Second. If Let's Benedict just take a second. When Benedict XVI does pass, there'll be lightning strikes <laughs> hitting every, every diocese in America and the world. Angels will be seen in the heavens at You'll hear war. horns. You will kill horns. When he dies, yeah. well, mm. then we mm. won't have a pope. Uh, we won't be set of a contest. We have plenty of backups. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> plenty of backups. <laughs> there's, there's lots of guys wearing the white with the ring and the papal titles living in the Vatican. Nice. So don't, don't, I, we joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Okay, we, calm we down. Don't, we, 
It's, we don't subscribe to that it's, here. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right, but he's fine. Everything's fine. He's not dying. Praise well, he's not a spring chicken, so he will Ev- die eventually. Everybody's dying. Yeah, exactly. But slowly. The good news is it's not today. Praise be to God. Hmm. All right, uh, we are going to jump into it. We have a great show, as I said, lined up. A lot of great guests today. Maya Abraham, Great Life Teens. And then we have Robert Nugent from Determined to be Catholic on on the YouTubes. Brent Haynes coming up next hour. So hopefully you can join us for all or part of that uh, and share us with a friend. We would be so very grateful to you. Let's pray. Let's jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, July 12th, and here are your headlines this morning. From the Hill, UN forecasts world population to pass 8, million, 8 billion actually this year. Worldwide population growth is in part linked to increasing life expectancy. In 2019, global life expectancy reached 72.8 years, a spike of almost nine years since the 1990s. But while the global population continues to rise, the planet's population rate of growth is not what it used to be. In 2020, global population growth fell under 1% for the first time since the 1950s, with the decline in part connected to decreasing birth rates in dozens of countries. In 2021, the worldwide average fertility rate was 2.3 births per every woman over her lifetime, a drop of 5 births per woman since 1950, the report stated. The Epic Times reports Woke California AG tells gun-permitting officials to deny applicants based on politics. After the Supreme Court's landmark Second Amendment ruling in June, California's Attorney General encouraged law enforcement officials in the state to deny firearm carry permits to individuals with a history of, quote, hatred and racism, unquote, whether expressed in social media posts or elsewhere. However, defining hatred and racism is complex, leading to definitions that disfavor the beliefs of conservatives and others who don't toe the woke or politically correct line, critics say. Breitbart reports, Joe Biden celebrates Republican cave on gun control and says, we finally moved that mountain. The president spoke at a White House event celebrating the latest gun control bill he signed two weeks ago, which earned the votes of 15 Senate Republicans. At the event, Biden indicated that more was possible on gun control thanks to the Republicans who finally caved on the issue and called for a complete assault weapon ban and a ban on magazines holding 30 rounds. And just the news reports, HHS reminds medical providers that federal law trumps state abortion bans in emergencies. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services on Monday reminded medical providers that abortions must be given to patients in medical emergencies. However, every state with abortion bans includes exceptions to save a woman's life. A letter penned by HHS Secretary Javier Becerra said that, quote, If a physician believes that a pregnant patient presenting at an emergency department, including certain labor and delivery departments, is experiencing an emergency medical condition and that abortion is the stabilizing treatment necessary to resolve that condition, the physician must provide that treatment, unquote. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Veronica. 
the veneration of the Dolores face of our Savior Jesus Christ as proved in Rome and practiced throughout the church had its beginning during the very passion of our Lord. It came to us through that heroic woman whose memory from the first ages of Christianity has been inseparably connected with the sixth station of the Holy Way of the Cross and it was known to us as Saint Veronica. The name Veronica means true icon and according to Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich Saint Veronica's actual name was Seraphia. The Son of God was being led forth to execution through the crowded streets of Jerusalem followed by a shouting rabble which filled the air with loud insulting cries. Our Divine Lord, exhausted by the tortures of the night, fell beneath the heavy weight of his cross. A man, Simon of Cyrene, who, has, who was passing by, was compelled by the inhuman soldiers to assist Jesus in carrying the cross. The sad procession had advanced but a short distance further when suddenly a woman of majestic appearance broke through the infuriated mob and offered our Savior a veil as a sign of her compassion upon which he wiped his adorable face covered with sweat and blood in reward for her sympathy our blessed redeemer imprinted indelibly upon her veil the likeness of his sacred countenance a tradition says that at the advice of saint peter veronica later entrusted the holy veil to the care of saint clement a noble roman who was a disciple of saint peter and the third successor in the seat of rome from the hands of Pope St. Clement, this venerated icon or relic passed to his successors, who guarded it most carefully during the long years of persecution. Ever since that time, the Holy Veil remained in Rome, where it preserved with the greatest care as one of the most precious relics of the Vatican Basilica. Every year in Lent, the Holy Veil is taken from the rich casket in which it, it is treasured and from a high balcony erected around one of the pillars of the Vatican Basilica. It is exposed to the veneration of the faithful, and eyewitness writes, One cannot without feeling of tenderness, compassion, and sorrow look upon the noble brow covered with blood, the divine eyes livid and bloody, the whole face pallid as in death. On the right cheek is seen the mark of the cruel blow inflicted by the brutal soldier, and on the left are traces of the insults of the Jews who spat upon him. The nose is bruised and the blood stained, and mouth half open with teeth broken. The beard disheveled and partly torn out, the hair matted with blood, but the whole sacred face, though disfigured, presents an appearance of indescribable majesty and compassion, love and sadness. The miraculous preservation of this veil proves with great complacency our Lord takes in veneration of a sacred face. Saint Veronica, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done, since they had not repented. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? Will you go down to the netherworld? For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about a verse from the gospel, uh, another verse besides the one we just read, that I think summarizes this very well, gets to the heart of the matter quick. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. And unto whomsoever much is given, of him much shall be required. I want you to think about that. Because this verse is speaking to the heart of us Catholics who have been given the patrimony, the beauty, the treasure found hidden in a field. And we should have sold everything to buy that field. But instead, we squander the gifts that we have been given and we do not repent. And we are going to get what we deserve. How many times have you seen video footage of the ruins of Sodom and Gomorrah? Probably never, but I would encourage you to go and watch some video footage of the balls, of the sulfur balls that came raining down from heaven that they can pull from the ground to this day and light back on fire. The ashes, the bones. Yeah, Catholics don't go there. I don't know why, but others do. And it should be a, an alarm, a red flag for you and I to repent while we have breath in our lungs to do so before it is too late. Haydock's commentary says, These four verses show us how dangerous it is to resist the divine graces and not to make good use of those favorable opportunities which the divine providence hath placed us in, of working our salvation and of improving ourselves in virtue and sanctity. Close quote Haydock. Jerome would say, in this word, woe, these towns of Galilee are mourned for by the Savior, that after so many signs and mighty works, they had not done penitence, or pen, penance, close quote St. Jerome. Rabanus would say, which is interpreted my mystery, and Beth, uh, or Korzam is interpreted as my mystery, and Bethsaida, the house of fruits, or the house of hunters, are towns of Galilee situated on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. The Lord therefore mourns for towns which once had the mystery of God, and which ought to have brought forth the fruit of virtues, into which spiritual hunters had been sent. Close quote, Rabanus. St. Gregory the Great would say, in sackcloth is the roughness which denotes the prickling of the conscience for sin. Ashes denote the dust of the dead, and both are wont to be employed in penance. That the pricking of the sackcloth may remind us of our sins, and the dust of the ash may cause us to reflect what we have become by judgment. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great. We were sent to convert the world. But have we gone mad? I'm going to ask that question coming up at 35 past the hour. But first, Myra Abraham and the Great Life Teens. Coming up next, don't go anywhere. Be right back. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable... I sometimes wonder... Is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com Some Protestants use 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 against the Catholic practice of consecrated celibacy and Lenten observances because Paul calls the forbidding of marriage and the consumption of meat doctrines of demons. Do Catholics need to be exercised? No. And here are some reasons why. 
First, Paul can't be condemning consecrated celibacy because in the next chapter he gives Timothy instructions on proper implementation of consecrated celibacy with regard to enrolled widows. Also, Paul can't be condemning all forms of abstinence from meats since he was part of the decision at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 that decreed Gentile Christians abstain from meats offered to idols. What Paul was condemning is the Gnostic belief that nobody should marry and that one should always abstain from meats because matter is evil. So, fear not, Catholics, you have no need for an exorcism. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, our friend from County Mayo, Ireland, has just made his eighth trip to uh, Santiago in Spain on the, on the, uh, the Via Compostelo. And we're going to talk to him about some uh, the videos he's put out on his YouTube channel, Decree Be Determined to Be Catholic, because I think they're important ones. He asked the fundamental question, has the church gone mad? Uh, and that's coming up at 35 past the hour. Stick around for that. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Maya Abraham from Great Life Teens and co-host of the Contraception Pod. Good morning to you, Maya. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to see you again. Uh, we talked to you, I guess it was a couple of months ago at least, maybe two, three months ago. And since, you know, obviously uh, Roe has been overturned in the Dobbs v. Jackson decision. It's kind of a big thing. Uh, yeah, what, is, what is your reaction to that? <laughs> yeah. What is your reaction to that? Oh, sorry, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, my reaction, obviously, is a very joyous reaction. Um, just very excited to be a part of a post-Roe generation, and it's a huge step for our country, but, you know, it's not the final step. I think that's something that a lot of pro-lifers are tempted to be like, oh, you know, we did the thing, right? But, it's, thing. you know, it all really goes back to our communities and the hearts that, you, that we shape in our communities. So it's a very joyous occasion, and I think it is a reflection of a pro-life generation. Um, but, you know, there's still so much work to be done. But praise, praise be Jesus Christ, you know, um, yeah. that, this, that we have this ruling um, in the pro-life favor. So, yeah. You were, you were interning for Concerned Women for America, yeah. uh, which was attacked early on. I think it, it, they were attacked once the rumor got out about the decision, the pending decision. What was that mm -hmm. like? Yeah, well, yeah, Concerned Women for America, they were attacked. And, um, you know, and I think that has something to say, you know, with Concerned Women for America and all our churches, they're a very Christian organization. And, you know, I was not I was not there during during the attack. You know, I think it was just some security cameras were torn down. You know, they were basically just harassed um, there. You know, um, no one was physically attacked, oh, but, you know, good. their facilities were harassed. And I think that just, you know, goes to show um I think the guy also threw some coffee cups at, at a car driving out to at one point too. Oh, really? But I think it has so much to say of, um, of, you know, of the Christian organizations, you know, they hate mm. the Christian organizations that are making some, um, some, some movement, you yeah. know, in the, in the pro-life world and especially in the pro-life world right now. Mm. And, and we all know that, the Catholic Church, you know, because of our stance on the pro-life movement, we've played a huge part in making sure that we have a pro-life generation in overturning Roe and, and, you know, Concerned Women for America because of their Christian ideals. You know, they have been specifically behind ending the pro, the pro-abortion industry, right? And so, um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, I think that says a lot about um, about what the pro-life movement is, right? It's bringing the joy and dignity back to life because, because of the dignity that we each have coming from the fact that we're made in Mago Dei. So, yeah. Do you yeah. see a change, though, in the in sort of the movement itself? I mean, I it seems to me that the attacks obviously are have taken an uptick. And you you have a church in, just in your, just right around the corner from you in Maryland that yeah. uh, was attacked over the weekend. Arson is, ex- yeah. is suspected. Um, there, yeah. But there have been attacks in pro-life pregnancy clinics all over our country, churches and more. Uh, and, and there was a, this far-left group that is putting out bounties to search for uh, Supreme Court justices to find them so they can harass them or, God forbid, worse. Um, how does that change the pro-life cause and movement in an environment that is increasingly more hostile and violent? Yeah, well, yeah, that's such an important conversation to have because being a pro-life or being a pro-life activist, you know, you have a lot of people contacting you like, how how are you going to be safe? Like, don't go do these things because you're going to, you know, you're going to get hurt or they're going to harass you or all of these different things. And it just, you know, it takes me back to what the gospel was yesterday where Jesus says, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. And I think that it's something that the pro-life movement has to keep in mind is that they are here to instill instill fear in you. And so often we've been told, you know, this world today teaches us that love is tolerant, that love is easy, you know, and love is Christ on the crucifix, right? And that's, you know, the summit of love, right? And each person has to encounter Christ on the crucifix. And that means walking in his passion with him. And so I think as pro-lifers today, that is an important point that we have to take to heart in all of this um, and being, you know, put down by the rest of the world and this harassment, they want us to be fearful. The devil wants us to be fearful because this is not just a fight between me and a pro-abortion person. This is a fight between the heavenly armies and the devil, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so while, yes, you know, keep yourself, you know, safe, also be sure to not back down because because they're trying to make you fear right this is a time for our men especially to step step forward and we've had so many men here offer you know to walk with to be with the women as we go pray at the abortion clinics as we go do these different things at our churches and be part of the pro-life world this is calling the pro-life world to a much higher stance and to fight as hard as we can for life because because the other side will fight back when they feel like they're not winning and life is winning right now and um, and we need to be a part of that. So, you know, while churches are being attacked, it's all the more reason for us to fight because it really shows what we are fighting for. We're fighting for God and we're fighting for the dignity of life that the devil is constantly trying to destroy and dehumanize. And we're here to bring, you know, bring dignity back to life. You know, we shouldn't have to bring it back to life, bring that dignity of value back to life. Um, but, yeah, that's what I would say is... Um, we're not not supposed to be uncomfortational about this, right? Mm. This is Christ's truth. And if we're truly Catholic, we want to share his love with the whole world. We should not want to, you know, we should not want to keep that in. We want people to experience his love. And how are they supposed to experience that if we're covering it up because love is quote unquote tolerant, right? How are they supposed to know, um, how are they supposed to know Christ's love if we're not even presenting it to them? And, and, um, and I always encourage people. I've been at the Supreme Court, been harassed there. I couldn't hear out of my ear for four days because this lady stood in, oh, stood man. with her whistle, <laughs> a sheer whistle in my ear for like five to 10 minutes and um she screamed at me she was screaming like um she was screaming tell me that i'm an 
effing murderer, right? Call me an effing murderer is what she kept saying. She's like, I killed two of my babies. And I just looked at her and I said, God loves you. I love you. And there's mercy here for you. And she started crying because she just really wanted me to call her a murderer. And I wouldn't call her a murderer. I just say, you know, there's forgiveness for you. God offers you forgiveness. And she'd be like, well, Jesus doesn't love you or all these different things. (laughs) But I saw like this change in her, like, wow, like, this person is not screaming at me. This person is just saying, you know, I'm not not even trying to have a full conversation with her about this, right? I'm standing there with the pro-life sign. I know she's not going to want to have a conversation, but I'm telling her, you know, I love you. God loves you. And there's forgiveness and help for you on the pro-life side. And that's something that they're going to think about, um, you know? And so when people do approach you with harassment, it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that we scream back at them or hit them back. Right. It just means that we are the love of Christ for them, which can change in every moment. Yeah. And uh, that's such an awesome story that you just disarmed her with (laughs) very simple (laughs) words, a very simple truth that people need to hear uh, more often these days. But I like that you brought up this uh, this this aspect of our faith, right? We have to stand up to what is wrong. We have to remain strong. And I think the the leftists who are committing these attacks, they're going to find out really quickly that we have an eternal outlook to things. That yeah. uh, this is this is something that the 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 value of life. Our understanding of this is it's something that uh, that comes from an eternal outlook and that we're going to fight for it because we know that this is true. And um, I just wanted to, uh, to, uh, to mention that. But I also wanted to get an, an update on uh, the, the clinic. I remember last time we had you on the show, uh, you were discussing the, um, the, uh, the, the poor babies who were dismembered. And it seemed to be that the, the babies were, were killed after, uh, after uh, if you can remind me, I think it was after uh, a viability period, uh, so-called, in, in Washington. Did anything happen to the doctor or any of investigation? Did it move on at all? So, yeah, so this is the whole Justice for the Five movement, and these are yeah. the five babies that had indications of being born alive after a failed abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of these babies were after 28 weeks, and um, um, which is legal, you know, in in this area. However, you know, killing a baby after they're born alive is not legal um, and by federal law. And um, no, sadly, there has not been really much happening, you know, with anyone punishing or bringing retribution to the doctor or even the medical examiner's office doing autopsies for the five babies. So some pro-life organizations have come together and are doing private autopsies for those babies. Um, I don't know where that's at, how that's going. I don't know if they were able to get the bodies yet. I just Mm. know that that is a process that they're going through right now. Currently, I'd actually need to look into any update on that. But from the doctors who have already looked at it before the babies were turned into the medical examiner's office, it was clear indications that they were born alive after a failed abortion. Mm. Yeah. We're down to a couple minutes now with Maya Abram, Abraham from Great Life Teens. Talk about teens for me for a second. How are the teens, how are young people in the pro-life movement? I, I imagine they're, they're pretty jazzed. I mean, it's a good time. Praise be to God. A big, huge milestone. But do you, do you think that they will maintain the fight? Because the fight in many ways is just now beginning in the pro-life yeah. cause. Are, are, are they going to like say, oh, well, we did this, high five and move on? Or are they ready for the next 50 years that needs to, to happen in the pro-life movement? Yeah, well, like, um, Michael Rodolfo was saying earlier, you know, we have this 
we know that this is an eternal fight, right? This is, you know, like this eternal outlook, right? That's why we're fighting, right? It's not just for some some power right now, right? This is because we're fighting an eternal fight. And so that's why I think that the role our churches play is of the utmost importance right now. Because if our youth don't understand that they're not just fighting this because, oh, we're on the winning side or, oh, this is really awesome and joyous, that's where we're going to lose our youth. And I am, I work with youth all the time and every single day. And the youth that stay in the movement are the youth that value life because of their faith, not just because of science, right? Um, I, I know youth, sadly, that, um, that were like, oh, yeah, you know, science that weren't very Christian, you know, that weren't Christian at all or Catholic, and, um, they, you know, they just did it because of science. And that's a great, great reason to fight. But ultimately, those weren't the people who stuck around the longest. It was always the people that had been formed by their churches. Mm-hmm. And so I think the youth are in it for years to come, right? Especially youth that, you know, are get to be a part of this and get to be a part, I got to be a part of Ending Row, you know, so there's that inspiration to keep going. However, I would say for all our adults and all our people that are heavily a part of our churches, especially our Catholic churches, I mean, that's how they got Row to pass is by getting our Catholic churches to believe in this idea that we can be personally pro-life, but just, you know, not vote for pro abortion, uh, not vote for a pro-life person or not, you know, not say anything to the woman because it's her choice and her choice alone. Mm -hmm. This is when our churches for our youth, especially because that's the generation that's coming up. That's what's going to influence our culture. The most is the youth and our generation. If our churches are not speaking out against this and teaching our youth about why they believe in the dignity of life, then yeah. All right. Well, we're out of time. Maya Abraham, with uh, Great Life Teens. Go to greatlifeteens.org for more information about that wonderful organization. God bless you, Maya. Thank you, and have a great day. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come right back. We're going to have uh, Rudy with more news and stories, and then Robert Nugent is going to ask the question, have we lost our minds? Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Maybe. That's right. (laughs) They love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that Catholic theology is too dogmatic? That the faith should be freer, more liberal? Well, G.K. Chesterton says there will be no end to the weary debates about liberalizing theology until people face the fact that the only liberal part of it is really the dogmatic part. Their problem, he says, is not that there's not enough freedom in the dogma, but rather too much. The dogma gives man too much freedom when it permits him to actually be responsible for his sins. The dogma gives God too much freedom when it permits him to suffer and die. The dogma gives the church too much freedom when it gives it authority. It's not the doctrines that limit us. It is the denial of them. It's only the truth that makes us free. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. The Epic Times reports climate skeptic banker becomes latest cancel culture victim. Stuart Kirk, a top executive HSBC Holdings and uh, executive at HSBC Holdings, announced that he had resigned from his position after facing backlash from climate groups. Kirk, who was the global head of responsible investments at the bank's asset management business, had been suspended after criticizing central banks and regulators for overstating the financial risks of climate change. He says, quote, investing is hard, and so is saving our planet. Opinions on both defer, but humanity's best chance of success is open and honest debate. If companies believe in diversity and speaking up, they need to walk the talk. A cancel culture destroys wealth and progress, unquote. Kirk's resignation came as banks and fund managers are under increasing pressure to promote the transition to renewable energy and stop funding the fossil fuel sector. LifeSite reports Pontifical Academy book, uh, Academy's Academy for Life's new book deviates from church teaching on contraception and artificial insemination. The Vatican just published a book on which, in which the Pontifical Academy for Life proposes both contraception and artificial insemination as morally acceptable, even though the magisterium has definitively condemned each practice. On the practice of artificial contraception, definitively condemned in all of its forms by Pope St. Paul VI and Humanae Vitae, the Academy spoke of the issue as if it were an open question, saying, Responsibility in generation requires a practical discernment that cannot coincide with the automatic application and material observance of a norm, as it is evident in the very practice of natural methods. And this one, you don't have to worry about. Don't worry about it at all. It's absolutely, it means nothing. But The Blaze reports, New York City Emergency Management releases video about what to do if there was a nuclear attack. And Breitbart reports, 11-year-old Michigan boy heroically rescues girl from pit bull attack. Dominic Morales was playing with his sister and her friend Allison in an inflatable pool when a pit bull belonging to a neighboring house jumped into the pool with the children. After the pit bull hopped out, Allison tried to signal for the dog to go away but slipped and fell while doing so and that's when the dog suddenly started attacking and viciously biting the nine-year-old. Without hesitation, after seeing the pit bull attack, his sister's friend Dominic pulled the pit bull off of Allison but then was attacked by the dog as well. Both Allison and Dominic suffered serious injuries from the attack and are recovering from the vicious attack. If it weren't for Dominic's quick thinking and bravery, Allison's injuries could have been far, far worse. And those are your headline news this morning. I love you. Wait, wait, what? What? Did you, nuclear attack? Did you just say uh, what oh, to do? Oh, don't worry about that. It's not <laughs> just a deal. In case there's, a, there's something they know that we don't know? I've, I've, I mean, I don't, I don't like, think why, so. Why is New York getting this It's PSA, just a normal thing. They the, just put it out didn't every run year, right? My neck of the woods. I'm just, mm. What's the what's the best, best practice there? But stop, drop, and roll? Or yeah, it's, like, uh, you know, they used to tell you to hide under the, uh, the, the desk. The desk. Yeah, I That's going to do very much. I remember the <laughs> nuclear drills as a kid in school. And they would say, go to the ditch and lay in the ditch and let the nuclear blast go over your head. Mm. Mm. I'm sure that yeah. works. That works. I'm sure that's a good practice. Get All a right. nice little tan there. Yeah. Praise, <laughs> yikes. Ouch. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is our friend Robert Nugent from the YouTube channel Decreevy, Determined to be Catholic, all the way from County Mayo in Ireland. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, sir. Morning. How are you guys? 
Uh, we are alive, and that counts. Uh, how are you? Yes. <laughs> well, we, we haven't had those nuclear um, broadcasts from New York yet, so that's, that's news to us. <laughs> that's, yeah, news to us, too. Uh, speaking of news, you just made your eighth trip to Santiago uh, this past week. Praise be to God. How'd that go? It did. went very well. Yeah, I went um, with my son. We've been doing it for the last, um, he's done the last five pilgrimages with me. Um, it's kind of this healthy uh, vacation for us more than anything else, as well as a, uh, as, as a pilgrimage. So uh, we arrived into Santiago last um, Friday. We started in Santarem, which is a Eucharistic miracle site in Portugal. Then we went to Fatima. Uh, and we started walking from Porto, which is uh, is a 10-day walk up to Santiago, about uh, 200 kilometers. Nice. Um, Praise be to God. So, yeah, it was a beautiful time, lovely weather, and, uh, you know, a great time to, you know, connect with God, pray, and uh, and just walk with other pilgrims. So, amazing time. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I can imagine that would be pretty amazing. And I hear the port in Porto is pretty good, too. Mm. Uh, it little, is, it little is. little benefit there. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you, you had put out a couple of videos, or several videos on your channel while you were making this uh, pilgrimage, and uh, I was enjoying Enjoying them uh, as you went, but the last two I think are very, very important. You ask a, a deep question, a profound question. I think a lot of Catholics are asking these these days: Has the Church gone mad? Have we lost yeah. our minds? Uh, what say you, Robert Newton? Well, I suppose okay. I suppose I always take my view on the faith in how am I going to pass this faith on to the next generation? How do we give witness to the next generation? And we we have to be very practical when it comes to catechizing the next generation on the faith. And when I arrived to Santiago, I mean, the first thing we we, we when we arrived in, we went to get our Compostela. It's a it's a it's like a certificate. I'll just show you. Just I know you're on you're on radio here, but so that some of your viewers see later, it's a certificate um, that you've done the Camino and it's official. Uh, yeah, it's the official. <laughs> and if you don't have that, you've not made the trip. I'm sorry, you're yes. fake news. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 a good um, it's it's a beautiful document. You know, you have to get your credential stamp as you go along. <laughs> so. We arrived there, and this is all issued by the Catholic Church, by the the cathedral in Santiago. Mm-hmm. Right to get our credentials, said, no, you're not getting in unless you have a mask. There's no law in Spain saying you need to wear a mask anymore. Uh-huh. anymore. Some some places doesn't let you do it, you know, enforce it. But the cathedral in Santiago, all that, they were very strict on mask wearing, which is fine. So we went and got our masks, went in and got our credential. Then we went into the cathedral to try and get mass. Uh, it's, it's, it was packed with, with pilgrims. So uh, they weren't letting us in there either without a mask, which is okay. Um, but we did go to mass on the Sunday at 7 p.m. And I, ha- I, I was just there kind of struck by the chief celebrant who made, you know, he spent a good five minutes talking about only receiving on the hand. And <laughs> don't don't say amen after you uh, receive the Eucharist or wow. before you receive the Eucharist. Um, and don't bring the Eucharist home as a souvenir. <laughs> and That's a red and flag. And it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and 
somebody reached out to me today after they saw their video, uh, specifically on a girl in Santiago over the last couple of days, where she went up, she received communion, put it in her mouth, went down, sat sat down, took it out of her mouth, broke it into, and gave half to her boyfriend, who oh. she was sitting next. I mean, it, it really does beggar belief what has gone on in the Eucharist and with wow. how we treat the Eucharist. And I suppose. Where I want to bring it back to on the mask wearing and on the Eucharist and all of this, we are baptized Catholics. You know, when we go into this church as pilgrims, most of us are baptized Catholics. And it's time to stop after three years Mm -hmm. treating somebody else as some infectious agent that's going to do me harm. You're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. I don't see you as as a person that's going to harm me. Uh, in, in in you know, and I, I, I really do think we need to look our baptized brothers and sisters in Christ in the face and what? acknowledge their you know the the, yeah. the the faith we share. But why why is that it was, so hard though? Here's the because I remember 2005. I made a pilgrimage to Rome. And I went to uh, a private mass with Benedict the Sixteenth, wearing the red shoes, by the way, fantastic, yeah. <laughs> the slippers. Um, but it was just fifty thousand people, very intimate, a gathering of his best friends, and uh, and I was in the back with the crowd, like shoulder to shoulder, as tight as could yeah. be. My poor little boy was, you know, suffocating from from the human uh, congestion there, and they and the priest came to uh, to distribute communion to us in the in the cattle car in the back. And he didn't bother, like, he just passed them out like cards, you know, just, there was no filter, you put your hand out, he just almost throws it to you. I mean, this was 2005, and this was long before I'd ever seen a communion rail that I ever would kneel at, and I was still just kind of shocked by, by how flippant, how cavalier that was. Yeah. Well, but here's my question. Why is it so hard? For the priest, the celebrant of the mass you attended there in Santiago in 2022, to say, listen, if you are not baptized Catholic, gone to confession, and prepared to receive Holy Communion, uh, then don't bother coming up. Like, why is that just such a bridge too far? I don't know, because back in 2019, the last time that I was there before the pandemic, they did have that announcement uh, you know, if you're in a state of grace and if you're a Catholic, please come up and receive communion. Um, and if you can't receive communion, come up with your hands crossed and we give you a blessing. So there was that announcement that, that went out in the cathedral. That is gone. That didn't happen when I was there in Santiago. Um, I, I mean, it, it, it sometimes I wonder uh, when you question this, are we gone mad? And And the next day, I went up to the priest in the uh, one of the priests that works in the cathedral, and I just challenged him what was going on. And he said to me, "Say no more. It's no, no, you don't have to say anything else." He, uh, he said, "I completely understand. You're not, you know." He said in Spanish, "Nos hemos vuelto locos." He said, "We've turned. We've become mad." And it's it's really the priests are seeing this. The, the 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 those in the church are seeing this. They won't raise their voice because if you say anything. Uh, the bishop will obviously you know, mm. come down and say, well, don't be going and creating ructions and, <laughs> and dividing the church. <laughs> but, but the, you know. Hold that thought, hold that thought. Robert Nugent is our guest from the YouTube channel Decrevy, determined to be Catholic, asking the fundamental question, have we gone mad? But as the church goes, so does the world. We're talking about that after this short break. We'll be right back. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. 
we will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D. And so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel... All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Robert Nugent is our guest. Decrevi, which I think is Latin for I do declare, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, Decrevi right. determined to be Catholic. You felt the need then to like declare, I am determined to be Catholic against all cost. No, it's uh, it's the family motto. So when um, La- Laval Nugent returned Pope Pius the Seventh uh, to Rome yeah. in the early 1800s after he'd been expelled, uh, yeah. it kind of stuck in our family. Nice. Ours is probably something more like "pass the pizza" or something. I, I don't know what our family <laughs> motto is, but yours is so much cooler. Praise be to God. Uh, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, the sort of uh, lackadaisical, flippant, cavalier response to Eucharistic abuse, which is such a tragedy. Um, I've, I've encountered so much Eucharistic abuse in my time as a Catholic that I, I actually have very emotional responses to it now. Like I get cold sweats and you just get overwhelmed. So that's a big reason why I feel like I can no longer go to a Novus Ordo Mass. I'm not trying to be just a critical rad trad. I'm just, in general, I, it drives me absolutely bonkers to have to watch them prepare for Holy Communion and the potential yeah. for abuse just really, I, the emotions start uh, welling up in me. So uh, uh, going back to that, though, you know, I find like there's a correlation between the health of the body of Christ and the health of the world. And the world does seem very sick these days and getting worse. Yeah. Um, so I go back to the original question. Have we lost our minds? And do you see the same correlation? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the, the church should stand as a countercurrent to what's going on in, 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 in the world. Uh, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, f- so blown by the winds of the world that everything that we hold dear we just cast aside and especially when it comes to the sacraments these these are our means of salvation these are the means where christ opens his sanctifying grace in the soul and we should be promoting them as our very brand as our identity as catholics um i was walking with a an orthodox um guy on the camino and i just said well during this pandemic did you destroy how you 
uh, treated the Eucharist? Did you change it? Did, I said, no, they continued uh, to respect the Eucharist as they always did. It, it, you know, it wasn't given out like a potato chip as people went up. It, it, they did, you know, it, they, they continued to respect the Eucharist, which is the very center of our faith. And this is where really we are failing the next generation as Catholics. It's an own goal for the Catholic Church where we can't give catechesis to the next generation on how sacred the Eucharist is. A lot of priests will say, well, look, it's all about our personal relationship with Christ and so forth. And we all focus on ourselves without thinking of the next generation because the pre- the generation that are telling the- that are doing this to the church, they were all formed by families that respected the Eucharist. And then they go they go ahead and we've, in the space of 50 years, completely changed in the Catholic Church how we treat the Eucharist, which is the source, summit, and center for our faith, according to Vatican II, which is the the mass, the highest form of Catholic prayer. How can, and, and then we're scratching our heads, well, why don't people believe and how can we get the young involved and so on and so forth? So this is this is really where we need to get back to the basics. We don't need great theological reports. We need to show physically how we treat the Eucharist and that you know it's an important part of of where we need to go forward in this and we need to do this us laity we need to lead in this area and when the church sees us leading they will follow this is the this is you know the the, the simple way of, of renewing the faith is showing our respect for the Eucharist yeah it's what we can all do is just live our vocation we can live holy yeah. uh, lives being in a state of grace and preparing ourselves well uh, to attend Holy Mass, to give God what we owe him, which is adoration and worship. And it's not just about our... I, I love that I, I, when I realized that my relationship to God is not just about me and him. You know, God yeah. didn't die on a cross just so that he and I could hang out. He died on a cross, and w- while he was there dying, he gave me his mother, he gave me his brothers... He gave me the saints uh, that surround us in so great a cloud of witnesses, as Hebrews 12 would say. He gave us the family, gave us his Father and the Holy Ghost, and it is a family affair. Why do we embrace this sort of crazy notion that it's just us and him? Um, yeah. I know the Protestants do it a lot, but why are Catholics doing it? Yeah. I, I, it's it's a mystery to me. I mean, we we went we've been for years talking about Fatima and the message of Fatima and how Fatima is so important. And people forget that the angel when when they gave communion to the into the children of Fatima, prostrated himself in front of the Eucharist, which was held in the air. So we we have this witness from heaven how we should treat the the precious yeah. body of our Lord. Yeah. And and yet. And yet in the last 50 years, we seem to think, oh, no, sorry, angels in heaven, please, we know better than you down here on earth now. And we've we've come up with a newfangled way of treating the precious blood. Guys, as, as that priest said to me, we have become mad in the church. We have literally lost it. We have bowed down. We've made the right of COVID so overwhelmingly important that we have completely eclipsed the faith in the Eucharist. I mean, you can imagine there was thousands of people in Santiago. If they saw um, us kneeling to receive the Eucharist, what witness it would give to to them? Yeah. Um, uh, what catechesis we could do for them? And as I said, they've done the same with confession in Santiago. They've they've completely 
put it out of view. So it's 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 mm. completely out of view. And I've gone to Santiago eight times, and I've brought people with me. I've walked with people, and they have seen people going to confession and said, "Well, what is that? Maybe I'll try and go to it." Um, you know, people that haven't been there thirty, forty years. Wow! Because they saw the lines, because they saw the witness, mm. and, and 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 we are human beings. We are hum- We need to be. We need to have practical methods of bringing people towards the faith. It has to be practical. And what we're doing now in the faith is not practical. It's not teaching the next generation. It's not leading souls to Christ. Uh, It's simply the fact, guys. We don't need um, to have great theological discussions here. Uh, What worked for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that nourished thousands of saints isn't wasn't completely broken that it needed to be suddenly modernized and fixed to such an extent that we have we have really hollowed out the center of the church we're going to the peripheries without without engaging with catholics i mean uh, it's an own goal for us there's there's no other way to say it um and any bishop or priest that says otherwise i would challenge them to show me the facts you know this, this, this project doesn't seem to be working mm-hmm. um, and and in reality all of what we're doing a lot of the stuff that we're doing in the church today was never discussed in vatican ii never you know nobody there was no discussion in vatican ii about the changing the way we should treat the eucharist uh, at mass and yet we have completely changed the way we worship in 50 years um and and you'd have to ask well what has gone on here and uh, just a practical question really yeah mr nugent you know i i admire you very much and uh, i'm wondering you know in the face of something like this you're you're there with your son how did you explain that to your son what kind of conversations do you have with your children to uh to get them to understand that they are the next generation and that they are inheriting a very a very amazing patrimony it's very 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 challenging so you want to pass on the truth to them so that they will engage with it you can't just say you know do this and you have to make them understand and encounter christ themselves so they'll have to live the faith um i mean i spoke one day we were at mass and i said uh i said to the i said to my son well look we can i i i will only ever receive communion kneeling on the tongue um, and I went up to Mass and I said, and Daddy, and, Daddy, and my son says, do I need to kneel as well? No, you don't need to kneel, but please receive on the tongue. So I went up, knelt down, received communion on the tongue. And then I looked behind my son and he was doing the exact same. Mm-hmm. So he was following my example, my physical example. He knelt down, received communion on the tongue. If we did this, if we did, our, our children might believe in our authentic example. Simple as we have to show them that this is a different food, that this is not just any bread, it's not just holy bread, because in Ireland, the catechesis that they get in schools, they call it holy bread. And I said, Mm. no, it's not just holy bread. This is the body and blood, soul and divinity of the second person of the Holy Trinity. And we show a different respect to this food uh, the, 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 the Eucharist than other things that we eat. And, uh, and this is a whole catechesis that the church has completely forgot about, um, that it teaches the next generation. It forms souls. Maybe they won't get it 100% today, but they'll get it in 10, 15 years. And it's opening, it's opening the soul to the graces of the Eucharist. It simply does. I can tell you this is, this is what has formed generations of Catholics. Um, and if we returned to focusing our efforts on renewing the Eucharist, 
I, the church would be transformed. Mm. I, there's, it, it, it simply would. I can, there's no other way to say it. Uh, because you're encountering Christ. Once you've encountered him, you'll never leave the Catholic Church, no matter what scandal and what problem comes along. Once you encounter Christ in the Eucharist, your soul is transformed. Um, but we need, as the Catholic men, as Catholic fathers, to be focused on the next generation, on our children, not just on our own spiritual well-being, which is what so many people in the church say. It's all my encounter with Christ. Well, Robert, if you're well catechized, you can receive in the hand and and, and people completely forget the next generation, the catechesis we need to give to the next generation on the Eucharist. Or, uh, that's, that's, or how about just the fact that Eucharistic abuse happens a lot more with communion on the hand than it does kneeling it on the tongue? I mean, so yeah. if for no other reason, just to give your absolute best to our Lord and to ensure that there are there's l- the least amount of Eucharistic abuse possible, kneel and get on and put your tongue out. Yeah. Yeah, if, I mean, it's, no amazing, it's, a, it's amazing the amount of people who criticize me for saying, why are you so fixated on how other people uh, practice their faith? Why are you even looking at them? Why are you? And I'm, and sometimes you need to close your eyes and mass and just not look at what's going on. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just begging God the whole time because going to communion is a scary proposition because mm-hmm. you realize it's like uh, when uh, when the Lord warned through Moses to tell the people, hey, you're about to pr- approach the mountain of the Lord. So abstain from sexual relations and purify yourself for three days before. And then guess what? Third day comes and guess what the Lord says? Uh-uh. Those people best not touch this mountain or they're going to die because they're not ready for this. And guess what? Every yeah. time I go to communion, that's all I can think about is, oh, <laughs> Lord, please have mercy upon me, a sinner. And like, please don't let this be to my, to my detriment. Please let this yeah. to be my life. You know, and I trust in Jesus and I trust in his mercy, but how flippant we are to approach the mountain of God as though we're entitled, like it's some sort of government handout or something. We need to rethink that. At any rate, God bless you, Robert Nugent, Decreevy, determined to be Catholic on YouTube. We're always grateful for your time and being on the show and getting your perspective. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. We'd love to have you in the second hour if you could join us. Brent Haynes, our friend and attorney and Catholic speaker, is going to be reviewing all of the legislation across the USA on the pro-life cause. All that's coming up and more. We'll see you then. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Could there be just one word that truly sets the Catholic Church apart from all other churches? Yes, there is. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. That word is retain. How can one word bring such distinction? Well, understanding that retain means to hold back or to keep. Jesus tells the apostles, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Secondly, so what does that world say about sin? The therapist says, forgive yourself. New Agers say it's just a state of mind. And the evangelical says, just tell Jesus no matter how great the sin, he'll forgive you directly. And finally, the word retain. We all know that non-Catholics don't go to a pastor to confess grave sins. Why? Because in Protestant thinking, you get to leapfrog humans and go directly to Jesus. And guys, let's don't hide under the newest term, be accountable. Hey, we all will be accountable up to the point that it hurts, is embarrassing, or is criminal. My priest can say, Steve, your sin's not forgiven. Does your pastor? I think not. Why? Have you ever heard backlash, decreasing church attendance, and loss of revenue?
Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Early in our parenting, we were introduced to the importance of first-time obedience. Now, some of you out there might be thinking, this is an impossible concept for toddlers, let alone teenagers, to understand. But it's not. Mind you, while it is possible, we didn't say it would be easy. As we form our children, we need to understand that obedience is a virtue, a very important virtue, that includes respect, self-control, and the training of the will. How do you train your child in obedience? First, you expect it. You set the expectation that your child will listen the first time. Not when you count to five, not when they feel like it, not when they agree with you, but right away. And then second, when your child doesn't obey the first time, give them a quick reminder and then a consequence. Yes, some children will need to be reminded again and again, but that's okay. Because remember, parenting is a marathon, not a sprint. For more help on discipline and other resources, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. My name is Olivia, and you're listening to KSHJ, 1430 AM, Catholic Radio, throughout Metro Houston, on the Guadalupe Radio Network. (laughs) (laughs) Pedro's just giving me a creepy look and nodding his head at me the whole time. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We just wrapped up a conversation with Robert Nugent Decrevi, which means I do declare. And I think it, you have to I say do that. I declare. Yeah, like it's required if you're going to say the Latin, which means I do declare. You have to say it in a southern accent, even if you are from County Mayo, Ireland. Like a southern gentleman. Like <laughs> glory and praise. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to God. Uh, great uh, YouTube channel, Decrevy, Determined to be Catholic. We appreciate Robert's insight. And uh, if you missed that conversation, let me encourage you to check out the podcast feed. You can do that on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. By the way, uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, Attorney Brent Haynes, our Catholic speaker and friend, is going to be covering a lot of the legislation across the United States that have already been doing amazing things in the pro-life movement post Roe v. Wade. Uh, so stick around for that. That's coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, you've got uh, great news at your house. You want us to pray about that? Yes. Well, uh, I'm going to go public with it. And uh, I'm begging your, your prayers, your intercession. Um, my family is expecting another baby. Praise be to God. And we're so excited. Uh, of course, we're a little bit nervous, you know, uh, pretty early on in the game. So please pray for us. It's our, our very deep and ardent desire for the baby to be born so that we can baptize it. Yeah. Amen. Praise be to God. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. I must be uh, pretty excited. Number two is on the way. You're still... You're still yeah. you're still man on man. man so, yeah, exactly. You know you're gonna be. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. It's not until you get to zone defense where you got more kids than parents. 
See the strat. Worry about the strat that. is to train the older one. Yes. To be the the inquisitor, mm-hmm. the, uh, <laughs> the grand inquisitor, <laughs> <laughs> the mediator, if you yeah, will. I see. But uh, I have a feeling, yeah. and I could be wrong. Fifty-fifty mm-hmm. chance here, but I have a feeling it's going to be a boy. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling well, it's a son. Is that just because you have indigestion, or like what? What I leads to know. this feeling? I have no. I can't explain it. But I was right about Maria. Okay. So All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, either way, blessing. However, 50-50 chance. Yeah, however, yeah. God decides, right? <laughs> Praise be Flip to God. A coin. What, however, God decides is the right choice. Yeah, I, I run the ship like uh, like the Marine Corps. You, know, the oldest gets more responsibility and authority than the youngest, and it's poor Colby Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in charge of him. <laughs> Even the dog's got more time on service than he does. <laughs> poor fella. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, of course, your first rule of kid of having children is to find incredible saints that will be their patrons mm-hmm. and name them after them. Yeah. Well, the good news is, uh, talking about babies being born, my buddy Timothy, his wife was induced yesterday. Haven't got oh, word nice. that, wow. that she delivered or not yet, but uh, they the baby was over a week uh, late. They did not want to come out, oh. um, and so they were like, "Okay, we're gonna have to induce you." So they, uh, you know, what's funny about yesterday. that is if you don't track your your pregnancy uh, very accurately, it may be that the baby is actually not late, and mm. they induce early. So yikes! It's one of those things. But uh, yikes! You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be on it. Yeah, that's <laughs> scary. Yeah, they did it a week late, so hopefully it's okay. But they, uh, they're they're in the hospital right now. So pray wow. for Timothy and his. His newborn or soon-to-be newborn son, Timothy Jr. So Praise that's great news. Praise be to God. We will be praying. Hey, I want to say good morning to Peter and Jeff and Nick. Uh, good morning to you guys. Jeff Burrier, thanks for hanging out with us today. Tammy, good morning to you. Hanging out in our CDT Insider Telegram group. Always great to, to chat with you guys. We'll be chatting with you in the after show directly. So if you want to interact, comment on whatever our conversations were today, you can do that in the after show. Just uh, hang out with us on one of our live video feeds, which, by the way, we're on, let's see, Facebook still, Twitter, Odyssey, we're on Rumble, we're on, uh, I want to say LinkedIn, but LinkedIn didn't work today. Uh, LinkedIn is is wishy-washy that way, but uh, Rumble's a great place to go. We have two places on Facebook. We're still on YouTube for now. Uh, Odyssey, of course. All of those sites are linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. I'm going to get Adrian here to call our friend because he's having some trouble calling us. So let me put that in the chat box real quick. In the meantime, uh, let's see, Rudy. Yes, sir. What's on the memory hole from this past week? From this past week, okay, well, I got some really weird stories. I I like to pick the strange stories. (laughs) And uh, last week we we talked about uh, this Artificial intelligence is being supposedly created or has been created by the Chinese Communist Party. And this artificial intelligence is reading your face, your <laughs> expressions, your, your, it supposedly can read your mind based off of that. I've heard and it's actually a lot scarier than people say it is. Yeah, and so it's, it's determining whether or not you are properly absorbing mm-hmm. the propaganda that the, that the country is putting out. Now... So what I heard was Google intends to release its brand new, better than ever AI in August. Oh, Lambda? 
And the one that's supposedly uh, and I, sentient? I, yeah, I've heard it's incredibly scary because the AI asked that the engineers not change them without asking permission first. Ooh, that's odd. I also heard that they had two chat AI bots, and one was teaching the other a language, and within 20 minutes, the one supposed to be teaching invented a language and taught the other, and they were communicating in a language that no human person knew or understood. See, that's really odd, and just as a quick aside, I mentioned in, in the segment, I said, if it's, if it's happening over there, you bet it's happening here, and I, I know I've talked to a lot of different people that have encountered uh, their technology suggesting things that they think about, or uh, as Adrian pointed out one time, uh, Amazon started suggesting pregnancy items to a mother before she even knew she was pregnant. So yeah. these things are around. Be aware of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe be careful mm -hmm. with your technology. Don't be so absorbed into it. Possibly go back and look at those documentary films called Terminator. Oh, yes. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> those docudramas. Maybe that's why there was an atomic bomb uh, video coming out of New York. Yikes. Anyway, let's, do, let's turn to some better news. <laughs> Brent Haynes, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to be good to hear your voice. Uh, let's let's talk about some positive news here. There's been a lot of movement post Roe uh, with legislation in various states. Can you catch us up? Well, there the the movement varies state by state, but the good news, of course, is that now that the states are free, thanks to the Dobbs decision, um, the states that want to. Uh, prohibit or put limits on abortion, of course, are free to do, do so. And, of course, we have the states that have trigger bans. Now, um, we don't have time, of course, to go state by state. If somebody wants to look up their particular state, they can go online um, and they can, it's sort of fun. Maybe, maybe we don't want to rub it in, but it's sort of fun to go to the uh, Planned Parenthood website or the Guttmacher website and look at their maps to see them, you know, all in alarm. Praise be to God. Yeah, you know, r roughly, depending on, part of it's in the eye of the beholder. You know, is a restriction uh, of abortion at 20 weeks a serious restriction? Well, of course, you know, you and I don't think so, but the abortion advocates think that's just horrible. So partly it's in, in the eye of the beholder in terms of what counts as a restriction as opposed to an outright prohibition. But uh, if you l look at the different restrictions and the different maps, there are only about you know, 13 or so states where abortion is just really a free-for-all or not very regulated at all. Um, but really, uh, um, abortion is already limited or, or prohibited in about half of the states. New York Times says it's prohibited in 10 states. Hmm. Um, those are mostly southern states. The governor of Virginia has announced that he will introduce legislation to limit abortion at 15 weeks. Again, you know, not ideal from the Catholic point of view and the sanctity of the life, which we know begins at conception, but a huge improvement over allowing abortion at any point, you know, on demand. Um, that will probably be on hold in Virginia until after the next election, um, because this will now be a political issue in the different states. But um, after all the work the pro-lifers have put in for 50 years, I think there's some just satisfaction in you know, so looking at these maps and just seeing the different color coding around the country and just seeing it, depending on which color you're using, just go from, you know, abortion being legal everywhere to roughly half the country mm -hmm. where it's now prohibited or limited. 
One of the big new, uh, pieces of news that uh, we covered yesterday was uh, President Joe Biden, a purported Catholic, uh, came out and decided to put the full weight of the federal government to support abortion. And even Archbishop Greg Laurie uh, came out with a statement from the USCCB uh, just appalled by the fact that the full weight of the government would do such a thing. And one of the uh, proposals was to place a ship in the Gulf of Mexico so that those states, those conservative red states in the south, uh, would have access to a cruise ship of abortion. Abortion tourism. Uh you know, ocean style, you know, cruise style. Um, you know, we've heard the phrase abortion tourism before, and I, I saw that headline also. Um, well, we know that we're dealing with people who really uh, are driven by passion and emotion. They're not driven by reason. Um, it, it's almost impossible to have a discussion of the facts with, it, with them. So that many of them will go to any lengths. So... Uh, you know, I won't be surprised if that happens, but whether or not that happens, you know that there are private companies now saying that they will pay for their employees to travel out of state if they live in a state with abortion restrictions. That they, mm. they will provide money through their insurance policies or other health care benefits to provide uh, employees the, the means or, uh, or availability to travel out of state to an abortion-friendly state to get the abortion. So... Um, the advocates are going to do what they can to preserve it. President Joe Biden's order and his response to the Supreme Court in general um, is is bad, not just in terms of abortion, but it's also really destructive for our form of government because it's one branch of government just trying to tear down the other branch of government rather than do what presidents have traditionally done, which after they lose a case at the, at the Supreme Court, or in any court, but especially at the Supreme Court, rather than say, uh, you know, we disagree with the decision, but we respect it, you know, et cetera, et cetera, we will carry on, we look for other alternatives, whatever. Uh, instead, he just, you know, made a vicious attack on the character of the Supreme Court, essentially trying to call in the, into question uh, the validity of the Supreme Court. And it doesn't matter whether it's abortion, Joe, or whether it's some issue completely unrelated to abortion. When you have the President of the United States, who's the head of the executive branch, tearing down and attacking the validity of the U.S. Supreme Court, which is one of the other th major three branches of government, uh, and especially the no it's the non-political branch, when you have that happening, that's not good for the government and that's not good for the political cohesiveness of the country. Uh, Mr. Haynes, uh, just in the, the last <clears throat> minute or so that we have here, I was wondering if there's any precedence uh, in history for people speaking out, you know, people are finding themselves in a situation where uh, companies are providing uh, these services for or paying for the, the, the employees to go out, out of state to go get an abortion. Is there any precedent for people to stand up and say, no, I don't want that? Uh, or what, what do you think is going to come from that? Sure, if they don't mind getting fired. <laughs> uh, I'd have to do that. that. Well, and that gets back into the issue of free speech. And, of course, companies are free to govern themselves and provide whatever benefits they want. That really does hit on the bigger issue, which we've talked about a little before and we'll probably hopefully be talking about again, uh, free speech and the ability of private companies to uh, control even the speech of their employees, even, even in their private social media accounts. Mm. And that really yeah. is a larger topic. On the abortion issue, uh, you know, this, this will continue, and what people can look for are – 
efforts to not only pass laws in the various states to protect abortion, but uh, the abortion advocates will now seek to have abortion declared a constitutional right under the individual state constitutions where they're going to be filing their lawsuits. All right. They have already. Attorney Brent Haynes, Catholic speaker, we're very grateful for your time today. God bless you. God love you. Thanks for keeping us up to date. Uh, Have a great day, Brent. Thank you. We'll see you next time. All right. After this very quick break, it's time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. We're going to have a little fun, have a little laugh, and you're going to learn something along the way. And you can win prizes. It's a winner for everybody. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don, why do Catholics confess their sins to a priest rather than going directly to God? Because that's the way God set things up for us to receive His forgiveness. In James 5.16, God, through sacred scripture, commands us to confess our sins to one another. Scripture does not say confess your sins straight to God and only to God. It says confess your sins to one another. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus tells us that He was given authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Scripture proceeds to tell us in verse 8 that this authority was given to men, plural. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to His disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, we just saw in Matthew 9 that the Father sent Jesus with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now, Jesus sends out His disciples as the Father has sent Him. So what authority must Jesus be sending His disciples out with? The authority on earth to forgive sins. And listen to the next two verses. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Why would Jesus give the apostles the power to forgive or retain sins if he wasn't expecting folks to confess their sins to them? That's crazy. And how could they forgive or retain sins if no one was confessing their sins to them? The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It also tells us that God gave men the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus sends out his disciples with the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Catholics confess our sins to a priest, we are simply following the plan laid down by Jesus Christ. He forgives sins through the priest. It is God's power, but he exercises that power through the ministry of the priest. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show with secrets and agendas. And that phone line is wide open. If you've never played or it's been a long time since you have played, call right now. First caller gets to be our contestant, possibly winning some cool prizes at 877-757-9424. That phone number, Adrian Fonseca, waiting to take your call at 877 757 9424. 877 
877-757-9424. Call right now at 877-757-9424. There are a few things that we like to do on the down low. We just don't tell anybody what we're doing. All right? So you got to keep this a secret just like we do. But number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God. Just, just think about the bragging rights. It's kind of a cool deal. Then we like to have a laugh. We like to have a chuckle. And our callers laugh along with us. And we appreciate that most of all. And we give out prizes to boot, which makes it a winner for everybody. But if you're new here, I shall explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. But I don't ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know. They might not know a single correct answer, but could still win our game. And that's because instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy, I shall ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. We just had a conversation with uh, with Robert Nugent over at the Decrevy channel. He was talking about, well, we have to prepare for the next generation. We have to present the church to the next generation in a way that they can understand. <clears throat> what better way to do that than to teach our children about the saints, to teach about their virtue. So this week, a generous sponsor has given us a beautiful, hardbound pictorial lives of the saints. I'm holding it up. If you're watching it on the stream, you can see it there. If you're on the radio, it's a beautiful hardbound book. It's uh, like a green leatherette with uh, gold embossing. And this is a reproduction of the legendary 1887 version of the Pictorial Lives of the Saints. It was originally compiled and illustrated by the famed Benziger Brothers. And so the winner this week will receive this copy. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you. To our generous giver who uh, has given us a prize to give away this week, let's go to the phones. Deline, is did I say that correctly from Maryland? Uh, yeah, it's Johnine. Jo Johnine, is it? It's Johnine yeah. with a yeah. J. Oh, well, yeah. praise be to God, Janine. Good morning to you. Thanks for calling in today. It is oh, a thank you. It is a rare treat to have uh, a Maryland caller on the line today. We're very grateful to you. Uh, what part of Maryland are you calling from? Uh, just outside of D.C., Rockville. Oh, wow. Praise be to God. And where do you go to church? Uh, St. Mary's and the Shrine of St. Jude. Ooh, St. Jude, <laughs> pray for us. Uh, not that it's going to be an impossible cause today, okay? Right. Um, okay. <laughs> now, uh, Janine, do, do you, uh, have you familiar with the game show? Do you know how the rules work? Yes. All right. Praise be to God. So it's me and you then, Janine. Okay. <laughs> It's just us against them, and, uh, and the well, let's pray for St. Jude's, uh, you know, help for us to get through this. Are you ready, Janine? I I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, you should know, uh, Rudy does have a tie on today. Uh, same tie, okay. almost the same tie as yesterday. It's very similar, but uh, so interpret that however you will. Flowers on a field of blue. Uh, Rudy, we'll start with you first, as is our custom, our our patrimony, our church-approved tradition. Great. Big uh, T. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Team Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm ready. You sound very confident, and therefore I should ask, are you sure? I do declare. I yes. do declare. All right, let's start with an easy one. I like this one. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the name given to a religious of either sex who follow the rule of St. Augustine and are devoted to the service of the sick. 
Ah, yes. Okay, those are known as ambulanciers. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, because they ambulate. Uh, they ambu ambulate. Just like St. Augustine. Ambulate. Augustine. Am ambulanciers is your Ambulanciers, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Rudy, or Adrian, Adrian, rather. Adrian, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Um, you're an expert in all things religious. This is true. This I is actually true. identify as a doctor on religious. Do you? Mm -hmm. Huh. Interesting. Uh, can you tell later. me, then, what is the name given to religious of either sex mm -hmm. who follow the rule of St. Augustine right. and are devoted to the service of the sick? Right. One might say they work in and, and establish hospitals. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. They are known as hospitalers. One might say. One might say. One might say. All right. Well, Janine, uh, Janine, can you tell me? Is it Janine or Jeline? I want to make sure I get your name correct. Oh, <laughs> it's yes, Janine. Janine. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. making myself a note so I get it correct. All right, Janine, <laughs> uh, you have choices. Is it hospitalers, as Adrian seems to think, or is it ambulanciers? Sounds very fancy, as Rudy suggests. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janine in Maryland, what say you? I'm going to go with Rudy. Are you sure? Go to the, no, no. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Very sorry. Curveball, low right corner. I'm, I'm, Johnny. I'm sorry. In fact, he was fooling you the whole time. Oh, I'm sure. I just didn't know. Either yeah. One. Hospitalers. Yeah. Hospitalers is the correct answer. Um, never like, heard of that. So. Yeah. The Order of Malta <laughs> is an example of hospitalers, and they're they have a uh, one of their major sort of capitals in the United States is based there in Washington, D.C. So you can look hmm. at the hospitalers. Just okay. fooling about. Yeah. I, but I did mention the fact that he was wearing a tie today. So there's that. Joe, you're tricking people. What? You're the tricky no. one. I don't know what you you're mean. You're leading people Stop. astray. All right, we're going to get you in that cup, Janine, right now. This is, okay. this is when it happens with one of the hardest questions of the day. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes. What is the eighth <laughs> station of the cross? Why are you laughing about it? Can Don't you laugh. tell me? Pause. What is the eighth <laughs> station of the cross, please? What is the eighth station of the cross? Eighth. Well, yes. it's related to mm -hmm. the saint of the day today, is which it? is, you know, St. Veronica. So that's when St. Veronica mm. wipes the face of our Lord. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, the eighth one. The eighth station. That's the eighth one. Mm -hmm. You sure? It is. All right. Rudy, can you tell me? What is the eighth station of the cross, sir? Well, that's when Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem, and he tells them, you're going to wish those hills are going to roll over you, cover you. <laughs> Positive thinking. That always stands out to me. <laughs> that's the eighth station of the cross. Yikes. That's uh, pretty heavy. Literally, pun intended. Yeah. Pretty heavy. All right. So you're saying it's not Veronica? No. Okay. Well... Although I do love that station as well. Do you? Yeah. It is a lovely station, to be sure. But, uh, all right, so the question is, what is the eighth station, Janine? Is it, as Rudy suggests, where Jesus meets the women of Jerusalem? Or is it, as Adrian suggests, and it's the uh, the veil of Veronica and the veil of tears, in some ways, metaphorically speaking? 50 seconds yeah. on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janine, what's, what say you? I think it's where Jesus meets the women. Survey Lies. says. Wow. So wise. 
<laughs> I'm impressed, I, legitimately, because I Jadine. thought I would have gotten that wrong. That is easily the hardest question of the day. Well played. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well yeah. played. Praise be to God. You're in the cup. You could win. It's all downhill okay. from here. The next question, uh, I, I don't know, could be tricky. It's quite tough. You think? It's We've asked this tough. question before on the show. Speaking of so. Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here we go. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? Who wears a cowl? Who wears a cowl? Okay, well, that's obviously a knight. They're getting, they're getting their cowl on. Getting their cowl on. Getting the on the knight? horse, and then they uh, got their long oh, jousting oh, spear. They're getting I, ready to joust. I see. Got to have some face protection. So you're saying a cowl is like face protection? Yep. C O W L. Cowl. So a knight and a knight racer. Yep. A knight. Knight. Not, not, not the dark knight. No, uh, not the dark okay. knight. No. Okay. Adrian, uh, we That'd did establish me. earlier that you were an expert in all things religious, so True. maybe this True. still applies? I don't know, but can you tell me who wears a cowl? Yes, I can tell you the answer. Would Please you like do. to know? Yes, I oh. would. <laughs> okay. You're very gracious. And that would be mm-hmm. a monk. Really? A monk wears mm-hmm. a cowl. And not Adrian Monk from the TV show Monk. I see. A religious monk. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would it be a, a warrior monk like the Knights Templar? I'm sure at some point they wore a cowl, but not when they were in battle. Does that would probably suffice wearing, both? They would probably both. would wear a helmet. <laughs> yeah, okay. A little bit more protection. All right, Janine, uh, is it a monk, as Adrian says, that wears the cowl, or is it a knight, as Rudy suggests, that wears the cowl? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Janine in Maryland, what say you? Uh, I am gonna go with I'm gonna go with Adrian, not Adrian Monk, but Adrian Adrian Monk. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Adrian. Very clear, Johnny. Very clear. <laughs> Praise be to God. Congratulations. Excellent. That was not confusing at all. Not at all. A monk is the correct answer. You you did great, Johnny. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for having a laugh and uh, swinging at the misses and and uh, having a good time in the process. God love you. All right. I love you, too. Praise be to God. Try to stay sane. You live too near D.C., I think. You might consider, (laughs) you know, moving to more sane country. But anyway, God love you. God bless you, Janine. We're going to put you on hold. You'll have to wait till Friday to see if it's God's holy will that you should be pulled from the coffee cup of divine providence. We'll have three more chances at the prize pack tomorrow. Be sure to tune in then. But if you would like, dear listener, to hang out and comment directly with us about whatever we discussed today on the show or anything else go to our live video feeds at grnonline.com forward slash c d t for the after show see you back tomorrow thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday of the 15th week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Most ancient of all mysteries, before your throne we lie. Have mercy now, most merciful, most holy Trinity. When heaven and earth were still unmade, when time was yet unknown, you in your radiant majesty did live and love alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty, Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have, I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and in what I have done. done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path. Give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ and to strive after all that does it honor. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the days of Ahaz, king of Judah, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, king of Israel, son of Remaliah, went up to attack Jerusalem, but they were not able to conquer it. When word came to the house of David that Aram was encamped in Ephraim, the heart of the king and the heart of the people trembled as the trees of the forest tremble in the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out to meet Ahaz, you and your son Sheer Jashub, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool, on the highway of the fuller's field, and say to him, Take care you remain tranquil and do not fear. Let not your courage fail before these two stumps of smoldering brands, the blazing anger of Rezin and the Arameans and the son of Remaliah. 
because of the mischief that Aram, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah plots against you, saying, Let us go up and tear Judah asunder, make it our own by force, and appoint the son of Tabeel king there. Thus says the Lord, This shall not stand, it shall not be. Damascus is a capital of Aram, and Rezin is a head of Damascus. Samaria is the capital of Ephraim, and Remaliah's son the head of Samaria. But within sixty years and five, Ephraim shall be crushed, no longer a nation. Unless your faith is firm, you shall not be firm. The word of the Lord. God upholds his city forever. God upholds his city forever. Great is the Lord, and holy to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, fairest of heights, is a joy of all the earth. God upholds his city forever. Mount Zion, the recesses of the north, is a city of the great king. God is with her castles, renowned is he as a stronghold. God upholds his city forever. For lo, the kings assemble, they come on together. They also see and at once are stunned, terrified, routed. God upholds his city forever. Quaking seizes them there, anguish like a woman's in labor, as though a wind from the east were shattering ships of Tarshish. God upholds his city forever. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done, since they had not repented. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will go down to the netherworld. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sidon, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As Catholics, one of the things we know is that we have to accept the full message that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ delivers to us, which of course accompanies the beautiful message of his unfathomable love for us and the riches of his mercy that he extends toward us. Uh, but it also contains the reality of his judgment. 
and the fact that today's gospel tells us very clearly that the return from sin and wickedness can only follow through the path of repentance and if there is no repentance well judgment is there to be wrought much as had been seen in days long ago even in the place of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, back in the Old Testament. I think when we look at the world around us this call to repentance is an extremely important message that we have today. I think there's really three signs that the gospel indicates to us that are really calling us to constantly be on the lookout for repentance. The first one is the fact that uh, sin always leads to disharmony, disorder, division, and chaos. And in fact, if we look at the culture that we live in, which we have to say, unfortunately, seems to be becoming more uh, degraded by the year, we also have to acknowledge that it is no coincidence that the problems in our society just keep on escalating and rising higher and higher, even the amount of uh, health issues with people have mental health issues, spiritual issues, um, all of it is on the rise and all of it for us is a sign to say this is God's mercy indicating to us it doesn't work if you try to follow your own path and if you try to choose sin and your own personal autonomous freedom and, and trying to make freedom absolute over following the pathways of God uh, it's always going to end in chaos individually as people and unfortunately also hold effects for other people and seep into wider society. And all of that really is an extension of God's mercy to say it is a call to repentance. If it isn't working, the worst thing you can do is just keep on doing the same thing over and over again and saying, hey, we just need to try harder or better yet, what we need to do is blame the people who are telling us this isn't right. If only they would tell us it's good and right, then everything would be perfect. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and if we weren't created for it by God, then it won't work, because we cannot change the fact that we didn't make ourselves. We don't get to invent our own nature, we don't get to invent our own destiny, we don't get to invent our own purpose in life. All of that has been inscribed and endowed upon us by our Creator, and if you fool with it and mess with it, you shouldn't be surprised that it's not going to work. And the only thing waiting at the end of that road is misery, unhappiness, and division. And that is the story of sin, and that is the message of the consequences of sin that we see in sacred scripture. And all of that really becomes a wake-up call and a call to repentance. I think the second great sign which leads us to repentance and really kind of the contrariness of how sin leads to disorder and division is the very fact that when we look out in creation and we see the tremendous order and harmony that God has placed within creation. I was recently on my flight to the Philippines to our Salt Asia Pacific region. I had a great opportunity to watch once again that marvelous documentary, The March of the Penguins. And you hear the story of how the emperor penguin goes on whatever it is, a hundred mile march to this very remote place in order to procreate, to propagate the penguin species. And they are going through these marvelous rituals, if you will, none of it rationally or by personal choice, but all instinctively built in between, built into their nature in order to propagate their species. It really is kind of an unfathomable thing. But to think of the level of order that God has placed in creation, that even things which lack rationality continuously act toward intelligible ends, 
it says that order and intelligibility was placed in them and into the world by someone and of course we know that someone is God and that too for us is a reminder to turn to him and to live by order sometimes wonder you know it seems sometimes the craziness in the big cities are more than out in rural areas or out in nature and I sometimes wonder if you know when we surround ourselves entirely by man-made things all the time we see the chaos that man can produce and we begin to think well then man can also just make up his own moral law as well we kind of get imprisoned in our own man-made world and forget about the created world that God has granted to us and the marvelous order that he has subscribed into it and finally the third sign leading us to repentance is what Jesus refers to in today's gospel when we look at the miraculous signs that God has placed into this world I know most of us don't see miracles every day but even if we think of things like the tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City if you ever have a chance to go down there and see it it really is a marvel to behold and a miraculous thing to behold or if we think of the Eucharistic miracle in Lanciano which has been medically examined and found to actually have uh, myocardiatic tissue in it um, if we read and hear about different miracles which have been authenticated medically and have taken place uh, all of these two are signs that God gives to us that he is at work in our world and he is leading us to our salvation so my brothers and sisters today of course we remember that uh, far from me merely trying to rail against the ills of our society and everything that's wrong in the world each of us has a personal call to repentance that God gives us we're all called to examine our own life to look for our own blind spots and to find the places where we perhaps have allowed disorder to enter in and to ask the Lord to send his grace to enlighten us to give us the courage to repent and truly to return to the path of order peace and love that only God can grant to us Amen trusting in our Father's love and mercy let us bring our petitions before him we pray for our Holy Father Pope Francis and for all bishops for their physical and spiritual needs we pray to the Lord Lord hear our prayer we pray for all government leaders that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit to enact laws which would always safeguard the dignity of human life in all of its phases and which would respect the natural law of God we pray to the Lord Lord hear our prayer we pray for the sick and the suffering that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross we pray to the Lord Lord hear our prayer we pray for our family friends and benefactors for all those who have asked for our prayers for all those joining us online and through radio and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association we pray to the Lord Lord hear our prayer and for those intentions that we hold in our heart we pray to the Lord Lord hear our prayer merciful father we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord Amen, Amen. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded, 
for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descendeth, our full homage to demand. King of kings, yet born of Mary, as of old on earth he stood, Lord of lords in human vesture, in the body and the blood, he will give to all the faithful his own self for heavenly food. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look upon the offerings of the church, O Lord, as she makes her prayer to you, and grant that when consumed by those who believe, they may bring ever greater holiness through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. Fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands as he endured his passion. So as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the, all the angels and all the saints we declare your glory as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabbat, Pleni sunt celia terra, Gloria Tua, Osana in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Osana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaris moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater nostre, quies in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, Sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et nos inducas in tentationem, Sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Peace. 
Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatam undi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. participation in this mystery, its saving effects upon us may grow through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.
The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hello, my name is Dr. Alex Gote, and I'm from Christ the Good Shepherd.